Metu Netter, Volume 2, The Comedic Initiation System, Anuk Ausar, Chapter 7, The Story of Ausar, beginning with the story and the commentary on page 148. Ausar returned by ship with the coffin accompanied by Moneros, the king's firstborn. While at sea, Ausar could not wait to see Ausar, so she opened the chest and embraced the corpse and wept bitterly. Meanwhile, the boy Mineros had secretly stolen behind her to see what was in the chest and what was going on. She turned suddenly and the fire in her eyes caused the boy to die of fright and he fell into the sea. An illusion to the great psychic powers developed by the persona when it beholds and interacts with Alsar. The indwelling divine intelligence is medium-mystic trance. When Auset reached the land of Kemet, she took the body, and according to pyramid text number 632, 1636, and murals at Abidos in Philae, she, quote, she transformed herself into a swallow and hovered over the dead body, causing a wind with her wings and raised the watery, the weary phallus of the silent hearted and received his seed thus was heru conceived auset's conception of eru by no living man is the oldest documented version of immaculate conception it is no secret that the concept of the virgin mary and jesus originated in this story this is why there were thousands now about a hundred of black virgins all over europe they can still be found in the vatican and the Polish cathedral of the present Pope. In another version of the story, she conceived and gave birth to Heru before setting out to Syria to find Alsar. When Set heard about it, he set out in persecution of the newborn heir to the throne. Hearing that he was coming, Auset said to him in Butu, Bato, under the protection of Uachet, an analysis of the entire story will show that it cannot fit in coherently with the logic of the story. It is important to note it because, one, it reveals the role of the psychic powers symbolized by Uachet and Nehebek in the protection of the under, undeveloped will, and two, it is the source of the story in which Herod, on hearing about the birth of Jesus, sets out to destroy all the newborn males. She then hid the body in a secret place and hastened to Buto in the city of Camemus to give birth to her son, Heru. Her triumph was short-lived. While she was in Buto, she came hunting the boar at full moon in the marshy swamps of the delta and by accident found the chest, recognizing it. He opened it and took the body. He opened it and took the body of Ausar and cut it into 14 pieces and scattered them in various parts of the country. The breaking of the body of Ausar symbolizes fragmentations of consciousness by the left side of the brain, which leads to the segregated view of the world. The 14 pieces also correspond to the 14 psychic centers of the spiritual body. The dispersion of the pieces of the body of Ausar is the origin of the religious doctrine of the diaspora, the dispersion of the elect. On hearing about Set's dead, Set's deed, 
Auset set out again in search of the members of Alsar's body, this time accompanied by her sister, Nebet Het, who until then was married to Set. At length, she recovered all the parts except the phallus, which was swallowed by the Lepidostus fargus and the oxyrhynchus fish. She buried an image of each member where it was found and erected a tomb, which became a place of worship by the people of the area. The existence of the actual members were kept secret so that Set would not resume his search for the body. Nebthet corresponds to the seventh sphere, the imaginative faculty which joins the persona in the searching of the indwelling divinity. The connection of the fish to the phallus has to do with the correspondence of the sexual psychic center to the water element. The parasympathetic division of the autonomous nervous system corresponds to the water element and governs sexual potency. The point being made, however, is the fact that sexual potency is the key index of spiritual power. It must be nurtured and the sexual act moderated for spiritual growth. Set continued his tyrannical rulership over the land, unrelenting in his persecution of the followers of Alsar. The people's worship of Alsar strengthened his spirit and caused him to appear in a dream to his son Heru, who was now a grown man. He encouraged him to reign the throne to which he was the rightful heir and gave him instruction in battle. A reference to the ancestral communication rituals which empower the deceased to assist their family members on earth as well as in the instruction received by the latter to solve their problems. Heru gathered his army and went to confront Set. They first met at Edfu where Set's army slew many of the followers of Heru. As we will see, ultimately Set will be defeated through truth but one must be prepared to stand up to him at all costs and by all means necessary. Without this, you cannot get him to abide by the truth. Eru was defeated because he followed his own head. Heru is our sense of freedom and independence. But Heru and his followers, although greatly outnumbered, resumed the war. His greatest weapon was his faith in the counsel from his Tehuti, whose words were God's words, the Metuneter. They attacked Set against again and drove him out, drove him to the eastern frontier. He sought refuge at Zaru, where Heru caught up with him, and the last battle of the war ensued. His victory came from humbling himself to the intuitive guidance of the wisdom faculty, which is received through perfection and meditation or oracles or counsel from a sage. Intelligence has always defeated might and steel. As we will see, ultimately, Set will be defeated through two, but one must be prepared to stand up to him at all costs and confront him with all means possible. Without this, you cannot get him to abide by the truth. In this pitch battle that went on for many days, Set gouged out Heru's eye, which would not ha- which would have cost Heru the war had not Tahuti healed it. With his insight regained, Heru managed to castrate Set. 
The eye of Heru symbolizes the visual thinking of the right side of the brain which governs understanding and spirituality. It is also the symbol of omniscience and omnipresence of God as shown in the earlier chapters, thus is attacked by Set. The healing of the eye by Tahuti is an allusion to the role that wisdom plays in our life. Likewise, Heru attacked Set in the seat of his uncontrolled aggressiveness. This was the decisive point in the war. Set was defeated, taken prisoner, and condemned to death. Heru turned him over to the queen mother of Auset for her to administer the judgment, but she refused to kill him on the grounds that they were all family and set to lose and set him loose. Outraged by the impetuous youth cut off her head, some say her royal diadem, which was replaced by a cow's head or crown by Tahuti. Auset's action is an allusion to the infinite compassion and understanding of oneness of life created by a deep devotion to awakening Ausar. It puts checks and balances on the necessary militant confrontation of evil. If evil is to be defeated, it must come about through the victory of righteousness. Tahuti gave Auset the cow's head to show that she was merely following an instruction from above. Cows don't lead the pack. That this was another reminder to Heru. The will of man is in need of such constant reminders to be humble. Although Set had been defeated, Auset and Nebhet were still grieving over the death of Ausar. In a chant, Auset exclaims, quote, Gods and men before the face of gods are weeping for thee at the same time when they behold me as invoke with thee in wailing that reaches high as heaven, yet you do not hear my voice. I, your sister, loves you more than the earth, and you love none other than none other more than me. It is not enough to defeat evil God's rulership of the life of the individual of the nations must be restored. Auset's chant defines what devotion to God is. One must love God more than anything else in the world. In the Auset stage of initiation, devotion to God is expressed by the experience and of sorrow for engaging in the sinful acts that prevent the indwelling divinity from rising to the foreground of our lives. And Nehebet, Nebthet in her chant exclaims, quote, Overcome the sorrow in the hearts of us, your sisters, live before us, desiring to behold you. Nebthet's chant emphasizes the joy of awakening the indwelling God. This is the theme of the Het Heru stage of initiation. The lamentations of the goddess were heard by Ra, and he sent them once again to Anpu, who, with the assistance of Tahuti and Ra, reunited the dismembered body of Ausar, wrapped in the linen bandages and mummified it. Tahuti, Auset, and Heru performed upon the mummy the ceremony of opening the mouth. The Ausar was brought back to life through the gift of the eye of Heru, which Set had destroyed, but healed by Tahuti. Brought back to life, he was declared the judge of the king of the dead, while Heru was to take his place as king of the living.
as king and judge of the underworld meant that Ausar is to rule over the subconscious while Heru, the will, is to rule over the waking state. Yet it must be understood that the will must receive its direction from the indwelling divinity, divinity Ausar. The relationship is duplicated in the divine kingship throughout traditional Africa, from ancient Egypt to present-day Africa, African nations in which the kingship is still alive. To understand Heru's resurrection of Ausar by giving him his eye, we must recall the role of the eye as a symbol of God's omnipresence. As king of the external world, Heru acts as Ausar's means to of perceiving what is going on in the world. Thus, he is able to direct the life of the individual and nations. Take note that the resurrection of the Ausar is the source of the Quote, the, la the second coming of Christ. Set objected, he publicly complained according to one account that Heru was a bastard and could not thus be the legitimate heir to the throne. According to another account, he staked his claim to the throne on the basis that he was the strongest in the world. Might, he argue, was the chief virtue government. He also brought charges contesting the position of Ausar. We see this today in secularism claimed to be the legitimate guide to man's life in the world. It is a particular Satan maneuver to bring charges against others invoking laws that they themselves do not observe. It also prophesizes that the Satans will challenge the heirs of Egypt, present day Africans and African Americans while they reclaim their comedic heritage. <clears throat> Although Set, now emasculated, could have easily been disposed of by Heru through force. Righteousness returned to the land with the return of Ausar, and Set was giving his day in court. A great tribunal made up of 42 gods, with Tem as leader and Tehuti as judge, was assembled. <clears throat> as Set's government was based on might and pure deception, where force could not be openly applied, his words were found to be untrue. It was shown that in most instances he contradicted and violated the laws he imposed on others. On the other side, Ausar and Heru had been shown to have lived by the laws they promulgated, thus they were found to be ma kuru, true of word, thus the great quarrel was settled on the basis of right over might. The night in which the great verdict was awarded is known in the comedic spiritual tradition as the Ker Uchachau Metut, night of weighing words. This shows the way to victory over the power that be, force them to become 100% accountable to the laws and values they proclaim. Set was sentenced to serve as the wind that propelled the boat of Ausar. In the comedic tradition, the wind is the symbolic is symbolic both of motive force and of the left side of the brain, mental activity that gives us technological advancement. Thus Set was sentenced to broadcast the Ausurian religion around the galaxies. The following chapters we will see how the story gives deep insight and coherence 
into the Tree of Life based system of Kemetic initiation. The major hymns and holy books of Kemetic spirituality and throws a great deal of light on psychology, sociology, and history. Summary. On the role of the divine self in life of the individual in society. It teaches that when Ausar, the indwelling intelligence is allowed to extend its functions to the external life of the individual and society, harmony and prosperity is attained. We can appreciate the importance of this message by considering that the fact that the majority of the people in the world place their major trust concerning their quest for success in education, money, their intellect and artistic talents. It also shows the role of the master initiate in society. In today's Western societies, there is a warped view of the goal of spirituality. The majority of people have been taught by the Hindus and other so-called spiritual masters that the purpose of seeking divine self-realization is to avoid having to reincarnate, to to attain to immortality, to develop spiritual powers that would facilitate the acquirement of the objects of one's desire and so on. What we learn from the Kemetic spiritual system through the story of Ausar is that Ausar was never concerned with personal wants. The goal of initiation is to develop spiritual powers for the sake of establishing a harmonious social order. The African initiate is not the recluse unconcerned with society. In all stages of initiation, Auset, Heru, and Ausar, the initiate is concerned with personal growth for the sake of social order. Any clear-minded person can easily see that you cannot separate the well-being of the individual, spiritual, political, economic, etc., from the social political condition. The source of ill-conditioned social beings is always due to the occupation of the seats of government and other social behavior shaping institutions by Shahu and the Satan men and women. And here ends the reading on page 156. This is chapter 7, the story of Ausar.